ഹമദുല്ല أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا قوا أنفسكم وأهليكم نارا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كلكم راع وكلكم مسؤول عن رعيته وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صنق الله مولانا العظيم وصنق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين most honorable ulama ikram beloved brothers and elders <coughs> all praises belong to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our creator our sustainer our cherisher our nourisher salat and salam upon our master nabiya kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam both the quranic verse which i have recited as well as the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the khutbah Both of these, the verse as well as the hadith, indicate towards the great responsibility that is placed on the shoulder of a man who holds the portfolio of being a father. And without a shadow of doubt, it is sometimes, sometimes more often than not, a very, very challenging situation that we find ourselves in. But we are fortunate indeed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with the Qur'an-i-Kareem. Allah has blessed us that we can turn towards the Qur'an, we can turn towards Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we can turn towards the companions, we can turn towards each other. And these challenges can be overcome. I think no person can ever say that they have perfected or they are the perfect father of Indeed, it is, like I would say, something that is more often than not very, very challenging. And where we all can take some sort of hope, inshallah, is that every one of us goes through these challenges. Whether you're an alim, whether you're a businessman, whatever your portfolio may be, you may be a person that is employed by somebody, whatever it is, the challenges are all the same. So my aim and my, 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 the hope that I wish from this discussion of ours today is, is like the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he says that the believers share such a relationship that they become a pillar of strength for each other. They are like a foundation to each other. And I hope these few incidents that I will share with you today can be a means of strengthening us as a community and that we can look at this and not look at it as his son or look at it as his child but rather we change our outlook and say our. Because at the end of the day, we all belong to the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I think that we need to be very, very careful as we go along on this journey of life. Two things, we should never become despondent. Because as believers, alhamdulillah, we have a good, strong support structure. And we should never become quick at times to say, Father, look at, blame the Father, build a community. Nevertheless, I came across a beautiful narration. And I wish to share it with you, which we can all take great benefit from, we can learn. 
And if we apply it in society and at our homes, inshallah, it can be great benefit for all of us. Like I said, it's a challenge. It starts off from the time the children are born and then they go through, uh, you know, the baby phase and then the childhood phase, uh, then it's teenage phase and it's the adulthood, young adult, old adult, that your own children become grandparents, etc. So these are all different stages and each of it has its joys, each of it has its challenges, etc. <clears throat> there's a narration which I want to unpack. It's a very short narration, we heard it many times, but there's a great lesson in it for us. I take you to the Khilafat of Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda. A great companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is unwell. So the great companion Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to visit him. Now for us to appreciate this narration, it would be important for us to go into a small profile of this great companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. None other than Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda. So he gives us a very beautiful lesson in this narration. But let's appreciate who he was so that the advice that that he makes to Uthman, we can appreciate it. They say that when you speak of the pious, Tanzilur Rahma in the Dhikri Salihin. When you speak of the pious, and who can be better to speak of than the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? So Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he's coming into Islam, is a very interesting incident as well. He was a young person, he says he used to tend the sheep of Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id. Now this Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id, he's a person who features quite a bit in the early days of Islam. He is the person who would cause great pain to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Nevertheless, many incidents about him, but we're speaking about Abdullah bin Mas'ud. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud himself, he gives this narration, he says that I used to look after the sheep, and it was my habit, I used to take the sheep and I used to go into the outskirts of Makkah and I used to look after the sheep. He says, one day I seen two people coming. And he says, these two people approaching me, just from their stature, from their manner that they were walking, I would notice and I seen that these people or these two that are approaching me, they're very, very special. Because he didn't know who they were. And lo and behold, when they come to speak to him, it's none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to him, listen, young lad, we've been traveling, we've been walking for quite a while, we are thirsty. Do you have any milk, any water, anything for us to drink? So he says, listen, I don't have any. any. The owner, I don't have permission to give you the milk. Nabi Sallallahu smiled. He became very happy and pleased. And Nabi Sallallahu already recognized that this person is a man of amanadari, he's a man of trustworthiness. Then Nabi Sallallahu said to him something amazing. And this was the moment that changed the life of Abdullah bin Mas'ud forever. Nabi Sallallahu said to him, listen, is it possible, do you have in your flock such a young animal that it is not possible for that animal to give? He hasn't yet reached that age. He says, yes, that I can provide you with. I have something like that plenty. So Nabi Sallallahu says, bring it. He brings it. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud is looking now. He's watching and he's seeing with his very eyes. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Mubarak tongue, Mubarak hand, places the hand on the other of this animal. And Nabi Sallallahu says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And he starts to press. Other first up and first comes out. Abdullah bin Mas'ud says, I'm shocked. I'm seeing something. I'm, I look after goats. I look after sheep. I never witnessed anything like this in my life. He says, I drank. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Nabi Sallallahu read something else. And he said, by Allah, that 
udders of that animal returned as if though it was never milked. He said, if I had to narrate this incident to anybody, they won't also believe me. So he says to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that I saw you recited something, teach me what you recited. Nabi sallam taught it to him and he told him that you are going to be a person of great knowledge. So he comes after some time to Makkah Mukarramah, he meets Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says that, look, for many years I was tending to the goats and tending to the sheep. But I want to give that up and I want to come into your khidmah and into your service. So famously we know of Atbin bin Malik who would be in the khidmah like for 10 years that was Madinah Munawara. And in the Meccan period, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu, he comes to the khidmah of Allah sallallahu Now there's a reason why I'm mentioning this. And you will see when we mention the advice that he gives to Osman, we will appreciate it. Now they say he accepted Islam in the sixth year of the Hijri. Sorry, he accepted Islam. He was the sixth person to accept Islam. And he was amongst the first people to recite the Quran openly. And the first verses that he went out to recite openly was Surah Rahman. The companions, they used to refer to him as Sahibun Na'alain. That the owner of the shoes of this, or the sandals of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? He was in the khidmat of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Nabi sallallahu would go to perform wudu, he would take the sandals of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he would keep it, he would look after it. He was known as Sahibu Siwak. He would look after the miswak of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would prepare the water of wudu for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Musa Ali he said that when we would see Abdullah bin Mas'ud, we would think that is part of the household and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu was so close to him, he said to him that, O oh, Ibn Mas'ud, you don't require permission to come into my home. So he would frequent the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, we recite the Qur'an, and this is where I'm coming to this point, and our relationship with Abdullah bin Mas'ud. If you speak about the academic level, anonymously refer to him as an encyclopedia. Just to give you a bit of an understanding, if there's an academic discussion that is taking place, and somebody has to quote that this is the view of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, everybody will remain silent. They would say in Arabic like this, Wabnu Mas'ud, Wabnu Mas'ud. That Abdullah bin Mas'ud, you can't give an introduction to such a giant. Now we read the Qur'an daily. We recite the Qur'an and generally more often than not in our country, we recite the Qur'an according to the narration of Imam Hafs ta'ala, So Imam Hafs, he narrates from Imam Asim, who narrates from Abu Abdul Rahman, Abdullah As-Sulami, and he narrates from Uthman radiallahu, Ali radiallahu, Ubay bin Kaab and Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala. So the man has a relationship with us on a daily basis. The companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once Nabi sallallahu was passing through the masjid with Abu Bakr radiallahu and Umar radiallahu ta'ala. It was dark and Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu was performing salah, he was reciting Quran. So Nabi sallallahu said, stop, let us listen to the Quran being recited. When he finished reciting the Quran, he was making dua for Allah is granted Whatever you ask for, Allah has granted it. Whatever you ask for, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted it. The companions were happy. The next morning they went and they informed him. They said, listen, this is what we heard. So he was a giant in every regard, in every field. He mentioned one day one statement and he said that if I had to know, if I had to come to know of a person who knew more of the Quran with regards to this fact that I am well aware of every verse of Qur'an, 
where it was revealed and what was the circumstances of its revelation. He says, if I knew of anybody who had more knowledge than that regard in these two aspects than I have, then I'm ready to give up everything to go and spend time with him so that I can learn this knowledge as well. It was a deep, 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 uh, you know, his ilm and his knowledge pertaining to not only Quran but Hadith as well was very, very great. So here, that's a slight introduction into this great giant. He's on his deathbed. And the Khalifa of the time, Uthman bin Affan comes to visit him. So when Uthman comes to visit him, he notices and he sees that Abdullah bin Mas'ud is not looking well. He says to him, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, you're not looking good. What's the problem? What an answer. He said, oh, Uthman, my sins are worrying me. My sins are of great concern to me. Now this is a giant and I just gave you his profile. You can understand what he done for Islam, what he done for Deen, what was his position. Nabi Sallallahu himself would refer to him as an Ummah. He would say that Ibn Mas'ud is an Ummah. But here on his deathbed he says, my concern and my worry is my sins. So Osman asked him, he said, listen, what can we, you know, how, what, what do you want? What do you, what is your concern right now? He said, my only concern now is that I must enjoy the mercy of my Rabb, Rahmatu Rabbi. Usman Lanu then said to him, listen, you are unwell, can't I appoint a physician to see to you, to look after you? He said, the physician, making reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who has granted me this illness. When the physician sees it well, he will grant me cure, making reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, to, I'm coming to the point that I want to highlight in today's discussion. Usman says to him that, Oh Abdullah, tell me, can you or will you allow me that I create a portion for you or I provide you with some sustenance? He said, there's no need for it, I don't need it. I'm on my way out. What's a, what any sustenance or any wealth is going to do for me right now? He said, no, no, not for you. But at least when you close your eyes, there will be sisters to fall back on. For at least when you close your eyes, there will be something for your daughters. What a beautiful answer. And as I said, these were the giants. They were blessed with true knowledge. And they understood. And this is the direction and the answer that he gives to Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says to him, Oh Uthman, I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, that whoever will recite Surah Waqiyah after Isha Salah, that person will never suffer from poverty. O Uthman, I heard Rasulullah Sallallahu saying, whoever will recite Surah Waqiyah after the Isha Salah, he will never suffer, suffer from poverty. And Alhamdulillah, I've taught this to my daughters, each and every one of them recite this daily. Now the point is this, that yes, we will all recite it so that we don't become poor and we don't suffer from poverty. That is one of the messages of this great incident. But rather beyond that, we take it beyond that, and I mentioned this before as well on the lighter side, once I mentioned one incident where Rasulullah taught us at Fatima a certain dua to make, and when she makes that dua, whatever she asks for, she get it. So after that, many people SMS and, well, Marana, what's the dua you taught us for money and for this? That is in his place, that will come. But the greater lesson that Abdullah bin Masood taught us here, is that we ourselves and our children, our family, we have to create a connection and a link with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
If we will create a connection and a ta'alluq and a relationship with Qur'an, then whichever field we will go into in life, whichever field it may be, whether we become businessmen, whether we go into the field of becoming academics, whether we go into the field of studying deen, whatever it may be, whatever field or whatever uh, pathway a man chooses in his life, the Qur'an will become a means of protecting him. And Abdullah bin Masood was a man of Qur'an. And this is the lesson that he taught to his children. Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahimahullah, used to say, one person said to him, that so and so has become a hafiz of Qur'an. He said, la la, bal wal Qur'an yahfadu. The Arabic statement, he said that this person has yahfadu al-Qur'an, he has become a person who has now, we call it a hafiz, but actually it means one who protects the Qur'an. He said, no, actually the Qur'an will protect him. He said, actually, the Qur'an will be a means of protecting him. So coming back to what I had mentioned in the very beginning, that as a father, it is a great challenge. And we all share these challenges. Everybody's challenge sometimes is different. But here's one of the ways we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has inclined towards this in the Qur'an Sharif as well. And we find that the companions, this is the path that they took to protect society, to protect the children, to protect the progenies to come, they connected themselves and they connected children with Qur'an. Ibn, uh, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he makes mention of an incident. There was a young boy, a young person, he would frequent the masjid and he would partake in the different lessons that were taking place, etc. He would connect himself with the Qur'an. So this youngster was so connected to the Qur'an that it so happened on his way to the masjid, there was a young girl or whatever the case may be. And sometimes they say, shaitan gets the better of it, whatever it may be. So he got a bit taken aback. And eventually he gave in and he went one day to visit her. Narration is Ibn Kathir. So when he went to visit her, she invited him, she said, listen, why don't you come inside? And we all know what happens after that. But the narration says that this youngster, when he was about to go ahead with this, the verses of Qur'an started playing in his mind. And he fell unconscious, they took him to his house, and again he gained consciousness, he recited these verses again, and then he passed away. So when he passed away that night, they made his kafan, they made his dafan, and in the morning, news reached Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab, that this is what happened. Again, I gave you the reference, Ibn Kathir. So when Umar al came, he met the father, he gave him, he congratulated him on the great, what a manner in which his son passed away, reciting the Qur'an. And then he said to the, why didn't you tell me, if I heard of this, I would have come up, I would have performed the janazah salah myself. So he says, take me to his grave, I want to visit the grave. When he goes to the grave, he visits the grave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this youngster the ability to speak and he speaks from his grave. And he recites the verses of Qur'an, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ He addresses Amir al-Mu'mineen, he says Amir al-Mu'mineen, or rather actually, Umar al-Lanu himself started reciting these verses. When he went to the grave, he started reciting, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ That whoever will fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah blesses him with two jannats. 
And one of the interpretations of this verse is Allah gives him Jannat in his, in his grave and Allah gives him Jannat, the reality of Jannah. Some narrations Allah gives him Jannat in this world, some narrations Allah gives him two Jannats. Be that as it may, Umar Lanu is reciting this verse. Allah gives him the ability to speak and he addresses Amir al-Mu'mineen. He says, oh Amir al-Mu'mineen, by the Qasam of Allah, you reciting those verses, I'm experiencing Jannah in my grave. You reciting it, Allah has made my grave a garden from the gardens of Jannah. So when we will link to Qur'an, like the, the words of Abdullah bin Mubarak, Qur'an will protect us. Allah Ta'ala has taken an entire chapter of Qur'an, called it Surah Luqman, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Luqman speaks about the advice that Luqman gave to his son. And you will find that these advices that he gave him, we're not going to go into it for now, time doesn't permit. But in these advices, he himself says to his son, that the greatest thing, oh my son, you can do is to stay away from ascribing partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because why in shirka la dhulmun azim the greatest oppression that a person can ever commit is to associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in essence that is the message of the Quran Karim. so respected friends this is so to say a continuation of what we had discussed last week in this great challenge that we face of modern society or the challenges that we face on a day-to-day basis, if we will link with Qur'an in every regard, if we will link with Qur'an in every regard, we will become people of Qur'an, and without, without a shadow of doubt, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will indeed protect us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the Qur'an al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us as parents, Allah ta'ala says that what? وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا Allah says that listen, you should command your family, command your household that they should hold firm unto salah. They should hold firm unto salah. And this is an indication to salah as well as to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says that we are asked, we will give you sustenance. We are not asking you for any sustenance. We will give you sustenance. So amongst the many challenges that we face, one of the solutions is that we connect to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every regard. Let it not be that we disassociate from the Qur'an al-Kareem. Because undoubtedly the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every letter of Qur'an is nur. And every letter of Qur'an will indeed protect us. Like I mentioned last week as well, there's two aspects to it. One is the recitation of Qur'an, the tilawat of Qur'an, and the other is the understanding of Qur'an. Both are equally important. But this much at least, this much at least, we should make an effort to recite the Qur'an al-Karim correctly. So alhamdulillah in this regard, not only till grade 7, but even after that, 8, 9, 10, even after that, in our madrasa, in this masjid, wherever it is, ulama are available, that we should go to them, create a time, make a time, whether it's 2 minutes, 5 minutes of the day, whatever it is. One is that we hold, or you have classes that is in its place, but each person to personally go and make an appointment and say, listen, Mawlana, I want to learn five minutes of your time. Alhamdulillah, no alim will say no, no person will say no. He'll be ever ready and ever willing. And it is something that we should never be shy of, to perfect our Qur'an. That this is something on a daily basis, there has to be a relationship and a ta'alluq with Qur'an. We should live our life in this way, that even if it's one page, even if it is one page of Qur'an, a day should not go by that we don't recite the Qur'an. We don't recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I want to mention this as well. 
that in our masjid we have a beautiful environment. May Allah Ta'ala increase it and accept it. Probably the great ulama of the past that have been imams here, Muhammad Desai, Rahimahullah, etc. Their great qurbani and sacrifices that we see at any time if you come, whether it's after Fajr Salah, whether it's after Asr Salah, Alhamdulillah, there will be peace. It's a great thing. May Allah Ta'ala increase it. May Allah Ta'ala accept it. So our message is very simple, brothers. Let us connect to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every regard. Sometimes we want to, uh, we want to, you know, out of, how can I say, maybe fear. My recitation is not good. My recitation, don't worry. Abi Sassan mentioned in the hadith, he said that person who recites the Quran, that person recites the Quran and there's some difficulty, he's battling, Allah will give him two rewards. That should never be a means or a reason for keeping us away. Try. Alhamdulillah, nobody in, nobody will ever ridicule or laugh at any person or find it to be who is trying. Man is making an effort. And Alhamdulillah, the enjoyment that you will get, the enjoyment that you will get when you will learn one verse and you will learn the next verse and you will learn to recite correct, the enjoyment that will come from it, money will never be able to buy that. Whatever we will have in the world will never be able to compare to it. Like Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, that when I wished to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I would perform salah. And when I wished for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to speak to me, I would read the Qur'an. This is a personal message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to me. So let us try, inshallah, we are availing ourselves, all the ulama that are here, they will avail themselves. Out of our own, whatever time it is, whether it's two minutes in the week, five minutes in the week, let it not be that it comes to grade seven, then he's sitting at home. No, let us continue, send them. Sometimes a person has a desire and a shock to become a hafiz of Qur'an. Wallahi, brothers, there's no time limit. There's absolutely no time limit. You want to learn, learn one verse a day. You want to learn, learn one verse a week. Learn it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the book of Allah, connect to it. With no pressure. That's why Allah Ta'ala said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We haven't revealed the Qur'an al-Kareem to be difficult upon you. When we open the book, there must be enjoyment, there must be a thirst, there must be a desire. And what, one of the beauties of the Qur'an is this, that when we recite the Qur'an, the more the beauty of the Qur'an is enhanced. So inshallah, let us continue and try in this way. And give us all the tawfiq to connect with the Qur'an al-Kareem inshallah. A reminder that this weekend on Sunday inshallah, will be a sira program that will be taking place in this masjid inshallah. Program will be starting at 10 o'clock sharp. And inshallah, the zahra salah will be delayed till half past one will be the adhan, quarter to two will be the salah. And lunch will be served as well after that. There will be accommodation for ladies at 133 Royston Road, corner of Royston and Nutsburg Road, which is all famously known as the clubhouse, etc. The women will be accommodated there, inshallah. There will be meals for them as well. So inshallah, let us pass on the word. A great opportunity to learn about the life of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.